favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fertikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have Christian author Trisha Goyer on board, who will introduce us to her new series, a Big Sky Amish series, Beyond the Gray Mountains. Hello, Trisha. How are you today? Tracy, I am so glad to be here, and I am doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us again. And I know that we talked a little bit about the Big Sky series last time. And so I don't want our our listeners to get confused. How about you tell us just a little bit about this new series, this new Big Sky Amish series, and how it came about. And then we'll sort of jump into a little bit about your writing career, okay? Absolutely. So this new series takes place where the old series left off. I wrote three books in the Big Sky series um, years ago and then recently re-released them, but readers wanted to know more about the Amish characters in West Kootenai, Montana, and their lives and some of their English friends like Annie at the store, and I would get lots of mail. And I was actually approached by Sunrise Publishing, and Susie Mae Warren is the publisher there, And she says, we are looking for authors who want to pick maybe a story world and expand that and then also train new authors in the process. And I said, this sounds really intriguing because I have a series that readers are begging for more books in. And so there was actually an audition process where we had, I think it was 26 people try out to write um, a book in my series with my help, with, with me mentoring them all along, and um, we picked two, Kristen Crum and Ellie Gilbert, and so their books will also be releasing this year, the first in the series, and so Susie and I got together with them, and we plotted the books. You know, I they read my previous series of three books, so we they understood the story world. We talked about the characters, and then through the process, I helped them write, in the same time, I was writing my own book. So three books will be releasing um, Beyond the Gray Mountains is the one that I wrote that is currently um, just releasing. Yes, it is. And I have already booked both of those new authors on the Buggy Talk, and we will have them as their book releases for this series. So that is pretty exciting. So our our listeners can look forward to that. And I am just amazed that this Sunrise Publishing would do something so wonderful to pair a very well-known author like yourself with lots of background and lots of experience with two new authors who want to write. What a blessing that is for a new author. And I am certain that those two young ladies were ecstatic about working with you. They were so excited. And it was, it was so fun to talk to them about it. Um, in the middle of it, you know, there's always the doubts and the questions and I can't do this. And um, it's too much, you know, all the things that authors say. And so I was able to encourage them. And, you know, I, even my first drafts, I have to do a lot of work to add in all the layers and add descriptions and work on the dialogue. And so I think the process really, um, while it is a big thing to, to tackle a whole book and to, you know, come up with a, a beautiful manuscript, um, I think they learned that every author 
whether they're beginning or someone that's been multi-published like me, it's, it's still a lot of work and it still takes editing and working with your characters and maybe a scene doesn't turn out like you wanted and then something surprising might happen. And so it was fun. And I think on the journey, they got to see that, you know, though it is hard, it's possible. And, you, you know, just keep working at one element at a time. And, um, you know, it took about a year for them to work on these books, which is pretty quick for their first novels. And I'm so excited. I love the stories. I love the characters that they came up with. And I'm excited that they now you know are going to have their book babies out there too. So for other people can enjoy them. Well, again, what a blessing that you agreed to do that. And I know that I have been mentored by some authors myself. So it is so exciting and such a an honor when somebody that has been around the block a few times gives you some advice. So mm-hmm. kudos to you. Kudos to you, Tricia. That's wonderful. So before we go and talk about Beyond the Gray Mountains, I'd love to ask our authors a little bit about their writing career. And for some reason, our listeners love this part. Oh, um, they, they, yeah, they just really like to know a little bit about you on a personal level. So are you ready for some of my questions? I would love it. All right. So we know that writing can be emotionally draining. And just like you mentioned with these two new authors, sometimes can be pretty stressful. What tips do you have for inspiring writers? Mm. You know, I think just understanding that it's stressful for every writer. I think sometimes we think, we're the only ones with all the troubles and everyone else has it easy. So I think it is encouraging to just realize like everyone struggles. We all have our good days. We all have our hard days. Writing books is a lot of work and it's emotionally draining. And for me, when I feel drained, you know, I have 10 children, four at home still. Um, There's sometimes I'm just tired and giving myself permission if I need to just take a break and, you know, have a cup of coffee, read a magazine for a while. Um, I always in the morning spend time in God's word that really feeds me and fuels me. Um, I love to watercolor paint. So sometimes I'll just put on a timer for 20 minutes and just let myself watercolor paint to kind of renew my energy. I think so many times we just feel like we need to sit down and press on. And then we get so frustrated when it doesn't happen. But if we take time to again, do things that will kind of refresh us, maybe go on a walk or like paint or do something that is, um, can lift our spirits, can really help when we actually sit down to write. And so I've learned to give myself permission more to take those breaks, even though I may only have, you know, two hours this day to write, maybe I need to spend 20 minutes um, going on a walk, listening to praise music or pulling out watercolors because Um, It's impossible if our, and this is something that I learned after adopting 10 children and going to a lot of therapy with the ones from foster care. If our emotional brain is turned on, our thinking brain is turned off. So if we are worried, if we are stressed about something, if we're thinking about a situation with a friend, maybe a conversation didn't go well, if our emotions are at all peaked, we're not going to be able to sit down and concentrate. So we need to take care of those emotions first. I just really encourage people feed your soul and then, you know, pray through those emotions or settle whatever that issue is that's spinning around in your mind. You need to settle that first because it is going to be really impossible to sit down and think through plot and characters and dialogue and all these things when you're emotionally either exhausted or emotionally 
overwhelmed, worried, stressed, angry, all those things. It makes it impossible to write. What wonderful advice. And I couldn't agree with you more. If we don't take care of our mental state, if we don't take care of us, we can't take care of our characters. And that's how I look at it. I I can't, well, I can't walk through a character's life and be creative if my own life is in shambles. So I have learned to take the stressful part of my life and leave it at my office Mm -hmm. door, you know, first before I come in and try to deal with the lives of my character. So thank you, Tricia. That was perfect advice. So you've published a lot of books and we don't even have to go there to know how many. Um, When you go to your website or you go to your Amazon author page, just pages and pages of books. So you've been in the publishing industry for a long time. Can you share with us what is your favorite part and maybe what your least favorite part of the publishing journey is? Oh, my favorite part is the people and connecting with, uh, first of all, readers. I love hearing um, I love this book and I couldn't put it down or made, you made me stay up all night or I cried at this part or, um, you know, I love the ones that say I didn't really know God and I got to know him better in your books and it made me pick up my Bible. I mean, any of those things are it's just wonderful. But even in the publishing journey, I love the people. I love working with the editors. I love the other writers. I mean, I just, you know, we have a new friendship, Tracy, so I've enjoyed getting to know you better. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so fun to be on this journey where people have common goals of, you know, getting good books out there, getting caught up in story. I love getting together with friends. I, every year I go to Quarter Lane, Idaho um, at my friend Brandilyn Collins house and I brainstorm with other authors and it's such a joy to help each other with stories. And so really my favorite part is the people and the connections. And when I research meeting people and learning about their lives and weaving that into books, I think the hardest thing is just always feeling like there's that list of, oh, I need to do social media. Oh, I need to get my newsletter out. Oh, I need to, you know, all the to-do things that come with publishing. And when I first started writing, my first novel came out in 2003, there was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. (laughs) There was, uh, I did a newsletter that I actually put in the mail twice a year. And so There was more time to write, and I think it can be so distracting, even though, again, I love connecting online. It can be distracting when we just think of this is another thing I have to do, and I have to make sure and have a cute photo up there, all those things. So that kind of is the challenge, and it's a kind of rather new challenge. I mean, for centuries, people have been writing books, but it's just in the last maybe 15 years that we've had this online presence where we feel like we have to be so present, so out there. Um, And it can be a challenge at times. It can be. And I have told um, a lot of new authors that have reached out to me that it's best to find just a few things. You don't have to do Mm -hmm. all of the social media. You don't have to do Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and all of them. But what you need to do is pick a couple things, but do those couple things well. You know, mine is podcast, Facebook, and my newsletter. So those are the three things I choose to do well. I don't do all of the other stuff that can overwhelm us. And I think that's what you're trying to say is there's no reason to stress about I shoulda, coulda, woulda, or whatever that saying is, you know, um, pick just a few things, but do those few things really well. Right. So tell us, you are writing a series, and this is an extension of another series, as you explained. Find it more challenging to write that first book or continuing the series? 
I think probably the first book is the hardest because you're setting so much up. Um, you're setting up the story world. You're getting to understand your characters and who they are. Maybe some of the conflicts in that, you know, whether it's the setting or with the characters. Um, once I set up West Kootenai, Montana, this Amish community, I have just fallen in love with the place. Writing this book um, in the new series, but it's basically book four of the old series. I was so excited to be back with my characters and get to hang out at the West Kootenai store and hike through nature and be, um, you know, on this journey as these relationships deepen and grow, more conflicts arise. So I think definitely the first book, just because it takes more time. I traveled up to West Kootenai multiple times and I sat down with Amish families and get, got to know their lives. And once that foundation is set, then now it's easier kind of to pick up where I left off with the characters, especially because I have readers saying, what about this? What's going to happen with that character? And it, it reminds me that I need to continue some of these stories because some of the stories, you know, not every story got wrapped up, maybe some side characters. There's some questions about them. So it's easier kind of to pick up and to keep going where I left off than to come up with the whole new story world. So Tricia, one of my favorite questions for the authors that I interview is to ask them what they are currently reading. So please share with me what book is on your bedside table. I am enjoying uh, Nightfall in the Garden of Deep Time, and it's with uh, Tracy Higley. I have known Tracy, oh, I think we met at a writer's conference. It might have been 1994 or 1995. It's been a while. And this book is, I'm trying to describe it. It's a modern day story of a young woman who took over a bookshop that's in danger of being shut down. There's this mystical element of the secret garden that comes awake at night that she discovers and in it is other authors and artists and poets and it really is this conversation of why do we create and what is the importance of story and uh, how do artists care for themselves and as this main character Kelsey is worried about closing the bookshop she's also a wannabe writer and it encourages her to you know embark on her dream as she spends time in this place with these authors. And it's, it's so fun because, you know, most books that I read are very historical and very accurate. And so this, this fun element of this at night, this old lot next to her bookshop opens up and becomes a secret garden is just so fun. And it's so creative. It's one of those ones where you can't like, you have to really get lost in it and can't like think too, like, this isn't reality, this can happen. So but it's a, it's a delightful read. And I've really been enjoying it. Is Tracy Higley, and the book is Nightfall in the Garden of Deep Time. Please tell your friend uh, Tracy that uh, we are doing a little promo for her. So. Oh, good. Yeah, I will. <laughs> that is where we talked about your book, Tracy. Yeah, we did. Thank you. All right. So this comes the time when we get to talk about Beyond the Gray Mountains. And before I ask you some questions about that, how about I go ahead and set the stage. I'm going to read your back matter just so that we can get our listeners um, in tuned with the storyline. Okay. Okay. All right. This is Trisha Goyer's Big Sky Amish series, Beyond the Gray Mountains. 
Marianna Summer always dreamed of a simple Amish wedding, but there's nothing simple about marrying rock star Ben Stone. Marianna struggles with trying to embrace new things while also longing for the traditions of her past. Yet wedding planning becomes the least of Marianna's worries when the man she loves discusses putting their wedding on hold. Will Ben's past regrets and worries for Marianna push them apart? When Marianna's father, Abe, insists on taking Ben to the mountains to hear from God, Ben has no grand illusions that an outing trip will provide any answers. As trouble finds them high on the continental divide, Ben must turn to God for survival. It'll take a miracle for Ben, Abe, and Abe's brother, Ike, to make it down alive. The media is alerted when a runaway horse with blood on the saddle shows up near the trailhead and Marianna's worst fears come true. Will she lose her uncle, her father, or Ben? Suddenly, wedding worries pale to the more significant concerns, having three men she loves come home alive. As Marianna spends time with Ben's music manager, she discovers a part of Ben she didn't know before. Will Marianna be brave enough to step out of her comfort zone to help the man she loves? Or will she allow her fears to cause her to miss out on a future more wonderful than she'd ever dreamed of? How intriguing and what a different storyline, Trisha. I can see how you enjoyed uh, putting that storyline together. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration for that particular storyline. Absolutely. So the first three books, you know, we have Marianna deciding, does she want to stay Amish or, again, you know, she's falling in love for Ben, but she doesn't know, is this God's will for her? And so this book starts with, she's planning a wedding. So her and Ben are planning a wedding. It's not an Amish wedding. It's all the doubts, all the worries, all the questions from both of them start to arise. And then because I love Montana, we live there for 15 years. I have lots of friends that are outfitters and that spend time in the wilderness I wanted to set part of this book in the wilderness. And my friends that are Amish up there, um, you know, they often go on long backpacking trips or they take their horses up and ride, tr do trail rides deep into the mountains. And I thought that's such an intriguing thing because most Amish books are set on farms and, you know, and, and Montana, there's Amish, but it's a completely different territory. So, you know, I have friends that have been in very dangerous situations up in those mountains. And so kind of just putting my characters in some of those same situations and then you know all those worries and fears of uh should we get married or these little changes what dress should i wear they kind of pale when there's life and death situations and so i had fun taking these characters that i love you know and we always kind of put them in these hard situations and that's what i did with this book i'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about the story but the back matter tells us a lot and what you did. Yeah. And what you just told us here about your inspiration tells us a lot too. And we know that the story is set in Montana. So if somebody could do a takeaway for this story, what would be the key theme or message you would hope they would take away? You know, I think a, a key theme is that we often get caught up with these little concerns, um, which really in the long run may not matter until the stakes are higher and, and those that we love are in great danger. And I think sometimes, you know, it's, it's the petty little things that kind of ruin our attitude or, the, or cause us to worry or uh, bring conflict in relationships. And those can't, things get pushed aside. So really it's like 
let's look at the bigger picture of you know our love and our relationships and caring for people and stepping out of our comfort zone to really show that love and care. And so I I just loved I mean, I put them in danger, but for the ultimate goal of realizing, you know, before they get married, what is really important in life. And it, it was so fun because uh, one of my dear, dear friends was an outfitter for over 20 years. And so every detail of them being in these mountains, she, we talked through it. I mean, hours and hours on the phone and we talked through different situations and what it's like. And so, you know, she, then she read all my chapters to make sure I got it right. So I loved, I'm really taking readers into the wilderness of Montana, um, far, far away from society. And they, you know, as we're, as we're, our characters are learning to um, realize what love really is and realize how God's care is that for them, um, even in hard situations, it's, it's fun because they're doing it in this amazing environment the future few of us get to venture into oh i think that's wonderful and you are exactly right most amish stories take place in a farm setting and the few that i've read that take place out west always intrigue me because it's something different it's the same simple values that every other amish book has but the setting is so different it gives you just a new perspective of how out west the Amish live out west. So thank you for introducing us all to that. So thank Absolutely. you. So I would love, and I'm sure our listeners would love too, if you would read us the first page or a pivotal scene in Beyond the Gray Mountains. Yeah, I'll read the first probably page and a little bit on the next page because it's a kind of short page, but I'll, I'll start here. Saturday, June 24th, Kalispell, Montana. How hard can it be to plan one wedding? Marianna Summer mumbled to herself as she strode down Main Street in Kalispell toward the dress shop, the English dress shop. The warm spring breeze blew softly, ruffling strands of light brown hair that for the most of her life had been neatly secured under her cap, but no longer. On one side of Marianna paced her friend Annie Johnson, wearing her typical jeans, flannel shirt, and cowboy boots. In her mid-40s, Annie was the owner of Kootenai Craft and Grocery, along with providing a location where one could buy anything from bulk flour and garden seeds to fencing and fishing supplies. Annie was also known to provide a listening ear and a boost of moral support. And this is why she'd offered to take Marianna and her mother dress shopping today. Marianna had never attended an English wedding, much less planned one, yet now that she was marrying Ben Stone, the handsome musician with his dark hair, bright blue eyes, and easy smile, many changes would be taking place, starting with choosing a wedding dress. Oh, can you imagine how out of her element she is? <laughs> and I'm sure you did because you wrote her. <laughs> that I, was did, I did. I yeah. did. And I have friends that have been in similar situations. So, yeah, they were great insights. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'll make sure I put the link in the show notes where people can pick up this particular story. So how about you share with us what's Trisha working on right now? Well, oh, Trisha's working like five different projects right now, but <laughs> I'll just talk going. about one of them. How about that? Okay. Um, one of the one of the fun things is, you know, as my many decades of being a writer, I've also had kids at home. And my third oldest son, Nathan, he's 28. 
and he also loves to write. So he self-published one of his own books, but recently we attended a conference together last summer and we got an idea and we pitched it to an editor there ended up getting a book contract together. Um, I'm writing a historical fantasy, which again is different from Amish. It takes place in World War II in Prague. And my daughter, uh, his so Nathan's older sister, who's just a couple years older, um, is a missionary in the Czech Republic. And so we love Prague. We've been there many times. Cobblestone streets and old buildings and castles. Just this amazing environment. And so we place it in World War II in Prague. And all the things that happened in World War II are happening. But then we tie in this. There's this Jewish legend of this golem that in the 15th century, a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, created him out of clay to help protect the Jewish people who were also being persecuted in the 15th century. And so these um, Jewish men are trying to bring the golem back to protect the Jewish people from the Nazis. And so it's so fun. First of all, I love World War II. I've written World War II books also. I love Prague because you know my daughter lives in the Czech Republic, and we've been there many times. Um, I'm having fun with my son, and it, it's so fun to be able to do this with him and then create these, like, these elements that it's more his wheelhouse with this creature. And, you know, we have flying uh, machines and we have spider tanks and all this fun things and playing, playing all the time, being able to explore this new thing, but also do it with my son. Um, it's, oh. it's, a, it's a real fun experience. Oh, how special. What a memory you're making. You're like helping him launch his career, but you're having a lot of fun doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. He, and he learns. He's learning how crazy mom is when she writes because I'll think of this scene and I'll write it. And then I'll think of a scene three chapters later and I'll write it. He's like, why are you working on that scene? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you can just see like the, the truly the ins and outs. I don't usually write from first page to last page. I kind of bounce all over as ideas come to me. So he's kind of along for the ride. <laughs> he gets to work oh, with me on this. You are mentoring him. How special that is. So how about you tell us, or is there anything specific you'd like to say to your readers? You know, what I love is that um, because I do write so many different things, like I just shared about a historical fantasy and we're talking about Amish. What I love is that my readers um, kind of are going on the journey with me. So I started with World War II. I had some faithful readers and then I uh, wrote Amish and I had some say I've never read Amish but then they started reading Amish and now I'm saying okay there's historical fantasy I've written biblical fiction and so I just appreciate that um, I have such faithful readers that will like okay let's see what Trisha's writing now and maybe it's not even a genre that maybe they've written, read a lot of and I love that readers are willing to, to just follow me on these journeys and explore new things because I'm having a blast um, kind of writing in different genres. And I love, I love when readers are just so encouraging and get excited about the new books. And I know you feel the same, Tracy, when we just have these, these readers that just cheer us on, it makes a huge, huge difference. It certainly does. And I've heard that from many authors that once you get that very faithful fan, they will read whatever you put out regardless of it's a, if it's a genre they don't necessarily pick up. But just because your name's on it, they can hear your voice when they read it. And that Absolutely. just makes yeah. the world of difference. When they say, you know, your Amish novels, it sounds like you. 
your World War II novels. It sounds like you. It so does. I, I love that they can see that and they could sense that and that they are willing to you know try genres that they maybe have never tried before. I know exactly. I am reading a Mindy Steele book right now, and I texted her the other night and said, I can, you're reading this book to me because I hear your voice mm-hmm. as I'm reading it. And she said, Oh, that was just the sweetest thing she'd heard. But I think if you hear our voice, like things like the podcast, and Trisha, you're, you're out there a lot. So people know and recognize your voice. When you have a follower like that, when they're, when they're reading your book, they hear your voice, they hear yeah. your tone. They, they, it's like you're reading the story to them. And I think that's why our faithful readers follow us in whatever genre we write. Yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing so much with us today. And like you know, I love doing this silly little speed round. And again, another thing that I get a lot of emails about is, oh, that speed round, that's my favorite part of your podcast. (laughs) So, And usually they're just questions that I come up with off the top of my head, and I'm usually writing them down while I'm interviewing you because I hadn't thought of them before. But um, I did come up with a few for you today. So are you ready? Okay. All right. So... We are recording this, and it was Valentine's Day this week. So tell us, did you get anything for Valentine's Day, and what was it? Yes, I got roses and chocolate uh, and and new sheets for my husband. <laughs> so <laughs> I came in, the bed was remade, and these these beautiful sheets with chocolate and roses. And then my kids got me chocolate, and they cleaned the house. Um, so I got home from tri- driving from California to Arkansas with my mom and we got home Valentine's Day night and they had the house clean and the chocolate and the roses and it was it was wonderful oh the whole house clean is like right up my alley please (laughs) if my kids want to give me that that would be perfect 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 well thank you so my next question is when you sit down to write do you have a favorite bowl of something whatever that snack might be or what is your favorite go-to drink when you're sitting down to concentrate on writing a character? Ooh, good question. I usually don't have snacks um, because my fingers get all <laughs> like dirty and <laughs> I'm just typing away too fast. But I usually make myself a cup of coffee. And this year I actually put a little coffee center in my office upstairs. So it has a Keurig and it has some uh, little creamer packets, and so I could just get myself a little cup of coffee and sit down and feel so grown up in my office with my coffee <laughs> machine. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. I still have to walk to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to walk to the kitchen. <laughs> to the kitchen. Oh, that is wonderful. So, Trisha, I know you've had a busy week. You traveled across the country with your mom, and, you, and today you're getting back into things. But what have you planned for supper tonight? Ooh, I think I'm going to make some white chicken chili. Um, I already got my chicken in my Instapot going. And what I do is I cook a whole bag of chicken at a time. I have this huge Instapot. And so I'll pull some out for other meals, probably some chicken sandwiches. Um, but tonight we're having white chicken jelly. That sounds yummy. Well, Trisha, I want to thank you for spending time with us this week. And I look forward to hearing more about your future projects here on the Buggy Talk podcast. And to all of you listeners, if you want to pick up a copy of Beyond the Gray Mountains, look for the link in the show notes of this episode that you can find on my website at tracysamishbooks.com, or you can go to buggytalkpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape. 